Well, praise the Lord. Uh, welcome to our first ever uh, leadership conference online youth session tonight. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we do appreciate you hanging on tonight and uh, being here for this session as well. And uh, we just want to encourage you that uh, the Word of God can go out forth across the internet like this and still have power. And that's what I'm encouraged with tonight. And I uh, thank Pastor Shemesh for what we've already heard this evening. And I pray that what we hear tonight is also going to be a blessing to you. Uh, so we're going to get stuck in tonight and uh, we're going to turn our Bibles, if you have them, to uh, John chapter 14. And we're going to have a, read a few verses here. So John chapter 14, if you have a Bible or if you have your phone, you can get that ready. Uh, John chapter 14, we'll, we'll read a few verses. Uh, but I'm thankful for this opportunity. Uh, it, is a, it is a privilege to stand in a pulpit and to open the Word of God. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that and I'm thankful that we have an audience as well. So praise the Lord for that. Well, John chapter 14, let's read from verse 6 down to verse number 10. And this is what the Bible says. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. All right, I'm just going to take a moment to pray, and uh, then we'll have a look at uh, what we can learn tonight from the, from the Word of God. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this evening. Thank you for this opportunity. And I uh, thank you for each one that is watching tonight. I uh, do pray, Lord, that you would be pleased with all that takes place. We thank you that uh, we can do this tonight. We thank you, Father, that, as I said, your word is still able to have power in our hearts and minds, even across the internet, Lord God. So we just pray that your power would be present with us. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would please help me tonight as I explain these things and, and share these things that you've laid on my heart. I pray that they're a help to each one. I pray that, Lord, uh, we would just understand a little bit more about ourselves and a little bit more about you tonight. So, Father, we do thank you. We love you and we ask you to bless our time together and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I want to share a story with you, uh, something that happened quite a few years ago now. Uh, me and my wife were staying at a friend's place uh, many years ago now. We were staying at a friend's place. We went over there in the afternoon and, uh, you know, just played some board games and different things. And we were staying the night there. So we just spent the night at a friend's place. And uh, we were there probably until late afternoon the next day. Now, there was nothing really unusual about that, except for it wasn't long after I was at this friend's place that I noticed something strange. Uh, I went to the bathroom and go to, the, go to wash my hands. And I look around and I cannot find a mirror anywhere. I'm like... Who doesn't have a mirror in their bathroom? Like seriously, like that's the one place that you need a mirror. Uh, so I look to see if there's some other area near the, near the bathroom there. If there's a mirror, there's no mirror. And uh, looking down the hallway, there's no mirrors. Sometimes people have mirrors down the hallways or in a lounge room. There's no mirror there. Uh, even go into the room of the person that we were, were there to visit. They had no mirror in their room. And I'm like, okay, this is just very, very odd. Uh, so I mentioned it to my wife, my wife and she's like, no, nah, surely there's a mirror somewhere in the house. And uh, so we're, you know, secretly looking for a mirror somewhere because we want to check our appearance. And, uh, you know, we've stayed the night and you want to make sure that you look good uh, the next day. And sure enough, there was no mirror in that house whatsoever. And we even 
ask the per- our friend, is there a, do you guys have a mirror somewhere? Is there a mirror I can just, you know, check myself out in or something? No. For some reason, they just didn't believe, they, didn't, they just didn't think that they needed a mirror. They didn't have a mirror in their house. And I thought that was extremely strange. But it, it led me to understand how much we rely on having a mirror, how important we think having a mirror is. Because, you know, you stay at a friend's place and you get up in the morning, you want to check your hair, you want to make sure you look good, you want to check your outfit, make sure you haven't done anything stupid, like you put, put your shirt on back to front or something like that. Uh, if you've had breakfast and maybe you haven't brushed your teeth because you're not into that kind of stuff, you want to check that there's not ha- stuff hanging outside your mouth and in your teeth, you use a mirror for a lot of things and you probably rely on it more than you actually realise. Uh, so that, that experience kind of made me scratch my head a little bit but also made me identify that we, we rely a lot on mirrors and I wonder how much you rely on a mirror, how much you rely on seeing your reflection and what do you expect when you stand in front of a mirror. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And uh, you would have noticed in the passage that we just read, Jesus was explaining here in John 14 uh, that if people wanted to know God the Father, that all they had to do was look at Jesus. All they had to do was see who Jesus was. And he was saying to Philip, he's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you have seen 100% who God the Father is. You don't have to look any further because, Philip, it's like you're looking into a mirror of God the Father. So Jesus was explaining to Philip that I am basically, I am God, but if you want to know what he looks like, what he's like, what he thinks, how he acts, how he feels, all these sorts of things, then I am the reflection of God the Father. I am that mirror that is 100% the same. And that's what Jesus is, is explaining here. And so that's pretty important for us to think about tonight because Jesus was making a point of saying that he is the reflection of God. But what does that mean for us? How does that have anything to do with us? And how does that have anything to do with being a young person in uh, 2020 or anything like that? Well, I, wanna, I don't, wanna, don't want you to turn to these verses because I'll just go through them really quickly. But in 1 John 1.5... This is what the Bible says. It says, This then is the message which which we have heard of him and declare unto you, and this is the important bit, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So that verse there is stating God the Father, God is light. He is light. Okay. But John 8, 12, this is another verse. Listen to this. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. So the other verse in 1 John is saying that God is the light. Jesus now is declaring, hey, I am the light. Why is he saying that? Because he is a reflection of God the Father. He is that mirror image of God the Father. But here's the important thing, and here's where where it comes down to you and to me, is Matthew 5 verse 14. Jesus states, not only is God light, and not only is he light, but he says, ye are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Yes, you, as a young person, you are the light of the world. If you are a Christian and you have given your life to Jesus Christ, Christ is saying that you now have become a part of that reflection of God the Father. You now have the ability to reflect who he is. It's not just Jesus walking around on earth back in those days being the reflection of God the Father. Now, if you are saved you are actually 
the reflection of God the Father, or you have the ability to be the reflection of God the Father. So he's saying that you and I are the light of the world. That's really important. You know why? Because as a Christian, God considers you valuable enough, important enough to be his reflection in this day and age. Now you think about it. 2020, Jesus Christ is not walking around the streets like he was back in Jerusalem. So people cannot physically, visually see Jesus Christ and everything that he stands for and everything that he thinks God is using you and I as Christians to be that, to be that light and to be that reflection, to be that mirror. And that's what we're talking about tonight is being a good mirror that reflects Jesus Christ. Okay. So Jesus Christ doesn't show himself physically anymore. We said that. But here's the thing is that he's shown the light. He showed who he is. He shared the light with others. So you read about the disciples. He shared that light with them. He just shared that light with many people along the way. But the other thing is, if you're a Christian, you have that light and he instructs you and me to shine that light so that other people can see that reflection of Jesus Christ. That's what he's given to us. He's given us that, he's given an expectation that we would do that. And in Matthew 5, 16, this is what it says. He says, let your light so shine before men. Why? Why does Jesus Christ want you to shine your light of Christ before other people? Well, the verse goes on to say this, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So what's he saying there? He's saying, why did I give you the light? Why am I telling you to shine it? Because your whole purpose is to glorify God. Your whole purpose is to make God look good. Your whole purpose is to make God look as big and as great and as mighty as he is. That is your purpose for being on this planet. But he's saying, you now have the ability, because you have that light inside of you, I've given you the ability to then shine it out so that other people who are not Christians look at you and see Jesus Christ in you, and then they are the ones saying, wow, God is big. God is mighty. Now think about this for a moment. God has given that to you and to me. That's a precious thing. That's an important thing. That's a valuable thing that he would take someone like you and me and say, you know what, I want my light to shine through them and I want you to be the representation of Jesus Christ. I want you to be the mirror of Jesus Christ. Well, that's a big responsibility. But yes, it is a big responsibility, but it's also a great privilege as well. So tonight, really, I'm going to talk about being a good mirror or what are the marks of being a good mirror for Jesus Christ. And I really just want to share four things, okay? And all this said that being a Christian, we're expected to be that mirror and reflecting Jesus Christ. Now you might say, well, for, you know, we looked at that passage. Well, that was easy for Jesus to do because he was God. He was perfect. Like he didn't have to try really. He was just, that just is who he is. And here's the thing. Yes, he is perfect, but Nobody's asking you to be exactly the same as Jesus Christ. Nobody's asking you to be 100% perfect because that's impossible. But God is asking you to remember that when you got saved, he made you a new creature. So he gave you then the ability to not just be the same as you always had been and not just be reflecting self all the time, but now you have opportunity as a Christian to reflect someone better and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And that's what we're going to talk about this evening. So I'll ask you this question. How are you doing with being a mirror that reflects Jesus Christ? If you thought about that and if you had to, if you had to have an answer to that, I wonder what your answer would be. How are you doing with that? How, how much are you reflecting Christ? How much do people see Jesus Christ in you, in your everyday conversation, in everyday life, in everything that you do? I wonder how much people see Jesus Christ. So let's have a look at four different things here, four marks of a good mirror, okay? And that's what we're going to look at. So the first one is this. A good mirror is set at the right angle. A good mirror is set at the right angle. It reflects the right things. It reflects the right subject. It's the thing, it's showing what needs to be seen and it's showing what is important. It's not all over the place. It's set correctly, so it's showing exactly what you need to see. So a good mirror is set at the right angle. Now imagine this. Imagine that you're, you have a bathroom and you have a mirror on your bathroom wall and it's so loosely fitted on that wall that it's basically just flopping and dangling all around the place. So that when you walk into the bathroom and you want to have a look at how beautiful you are and you want to check your hair and check your teeth and all that kind of stuff, every time you walk into that bathroom, it's flopped and it's showing a different thing in the room. So you walk in one day and it's turned to the side and it's showing, showing the window of your bathroom. And the, the, you know, that might be a really nice sight, the window of your bathroom, but you weren't there to be looking at the window of your bathroom. You're there to be looking at your image. And it's so flippant and it's just so loose and hanging there that the next time you walk in, it's moved around just with a little bit of a breeze coming from that window and now it's facing the shower mat. So when you look at yourself, you see a shower mat. That's pretty ugly. I mean, I know that we can be ugly sometimes, but a shower mat, that's pretty ugly. So imagine your mirror is just not set very well and it's just changing, chopping and changing with every little breeze that comes into that room. That's not the mark of a good mirror. A good mirror is set at the right angle. And each time you look at a mirror like that that's not set at the right angle, it's showing things that you don't need to see and it's showing the things that are not necessarily the important thing to see. Now, I wonder, is that how you are at being Christ's mirror sometimes? I wonder if that's you, changing from one thing to another, showing other people everything else you've spent time in this week, but neglecting to show Jesus Christ through your week. I wonder if, it's, if you're reflecting the different things that you're excited about, the different things that you're into right now. It might be the, ne the Netflix show that you're obsessed with right now. That's the thing that everyone's seeing, reflecting off you because you're talking about it, and you're excited about it. Uh, it might be your new, newfound fashion sense or something like that. You found a new hairstyle or you found a new set of clothes or a new brand that you like or something like that or a new video, video game that you play. But this is what I'm asking is, are these the things that are reflecting off you all the time? Are these the things when people look at you, they go, oh yeah, that's the person that likes that Netflix show, or that's the person that plays that video game all the time, or that's the person that talks about that friend constantly, like day in, day out. Are those the things that are reflecting off you? Is your mirror flipping around like this at all the different exciting things that are in your heart? But the question is, is does it ever show Jesus Christ? Does any reflection come off you of Christ's character? Or is it just all about the things that you're excited about and all about the things that you're into right now? All about the things that are popular in your, in your sphere of influence right now? That's the question that you have to ask. And here's the thing. Matthew 12, 34, it says this, For out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaketh. Everyone knows what you, you and I are excited about. How? Because it comes out of our mouth. We get excited about things and we just, we just blurt it out. Like, I love cheesecake. Cheesecake, it's the best thing. Cheesecake, cheesecake, cheesecake. Okay, that guy loves cheesecake. Why? Because it's in here. It's in his heart and he can't help but make it come out of his mouth because it's set in there. So whether it's a show, a video game, a friend, whatever it is, food, if it's in your heart, it's going to come out. It's going to abundantly come out of your mouth. So often there's no guessing what a young person is into because it's the thing that they always talk about. And really, adults are just older young people and we're exactly the same. So we, you know, we can't point the finger too much at young people. But most people know your thoughts and your actions in that because it's coming out of your heart. Now, there might be flashes of Christ as you flip from one thing to another, like you're interested in this thing and it flips around like it's the mirror moving around and you see a little bit of a glimpse of yourself or a little bit of a glimpse of Jesus Christ and then it's on to the next thing. So I'm not down on you tonight because we can all get into that space, but we need to determine that we're going to be the mirror that is set at the right angle and not just flipping around to the next popular thing or the thing that everyone loves right now, but the thing that's in my heart right now, the thing that I'm going to set right down deep and solid is my love and appreciation for Jesus Christ, my Saviour. That's the kind of person we want, to, we want to be. That's the kind of reflection that we want to give off, that the thing, the person that is in my heart right now is Jesus Christ. And yeah, I do love watching that Netflix show and I do love spending time with that friend. And, you know, I do care about my appearance and, and, the, dress, and the, the dress sense that I have and all these things. There's nothing wrong with those things. But if they're the main things that everyone's seeing, then it's showing that we're not set on Jesus Christ being number one in our heart. And that's really important. Mark 12, verse 30, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. If he's in your heart first, then everything else kind of finds its place and falls into place. But it's when we put those things first that we're not reflecting Jesus Christ's character. We're not being a good mirror of who Jesus is and the things that he's interested in, guys. Do you know what Jesus Christ is interested in? Do you know the things that Jesus Christ gets excited about? Because that's the thing that we need to be reflecting. I know, I know, we're all different and, you know, Jesus Christ didn't have Netflix and stuff like that, but... Just think about it for a second. What are the things that Jesus Christ is excited about? What are the things that he gets pumped up for? What are the things that he really loves to see happen in someone's life? Because those are the things that we need to be reflecting out in our life. Why? Because we're, we're telling people, hey, this is what Jesus Christ is like. He's changed my life. And I just want to let you know this is a reflection of who he is. That's so important, guys, because like I said at the start, our, our whole purpose is to glorify him. So we need to show out who he is. Yes, have our own little things that we like to be excited about, but let's make the main thing the main thing. Let's be a good mirror that is set on that wall and it's not going anywhere. So that when Jesus Christ comes and stands before that reflection, he sees who he is. He sees it correctly. So that's the first point is a good mirror, good mirror is set at the right angle. Here's the second one. A good mirror is the right size. Size is very important for a mirror, okay? Now, if you've got your Bible, turn to James chapter 1. We'll have a look at a couple of verses here. James chapter 1. But a good mirror is the right size. Now, you think about it. 
a small mirror, and I'm talking like something like this big that you might, you know, your mum or your sister or something like that might have it in their handbag, a little compact, a little makeup mirror or something like that. That's good for the purpose that it's useful. So you pull out a little mirror like that. It's good if you just want to check what's going on with your eyebrows and your lipstick and stuff like that. And I'm talking to the girls, not the boys. If you want to check that stuff, then a little mirror like that is perfect. It's fine. I mean, I mean probably most of you get your phone out and just have a self-facing camera or something like that. But a little mirror is only good for, for little things. It's only good for a, a little portion to see a little bit, isn't it? Now you imagine if you walk into your bathroom and on the wall is a mirror that is this big. And so you walk into that bathroom and you're like, yeah, I'm going to you know, make sure everything's good today. And you're like, this is great. I can see like my nose and my eyes. That's about it. So I can have like really good looking eyes and really good looking nose, but that's about it. I can't even check. I can't check my, 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 my clothes. Like it's just ridiculous. Like how are you even going to see... You've got to like jump as high as you can to try and see anything. It's stupid, isn't it? And we would never do that. We would never expect that you walk into a bathroom and a mirror would be this big. So a mirror that big is great for things that you only want to see that small. But here's the thing, guys. God isn't calling us to be a mirror that only reflects a tiny little bit of who he is. He wants us to reflect more and more of his character so that other people that are looking at us go, oh, he's like that, and he's like that, and he loves that, and he treats people like that. That gives them a better understanding of who he is. See, a lot of us understand, okay, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, I know that he came to die for me, and, you know, I asked him to save me, so now I'm a Christian, uh, so we understand that part of it. That's great. But Jesus Christ didn't just come to the world so that you understood what it was like to get saved and get saved, and then that's it. That's just like having a little mirror as a reflector. There's so much more to understand about Jesus Christ. There's so much more that you can be reflecting of who he is, not just about how to get saved. Hey, if you can share with someone how to get saved, that's awesome. Do it. <laughs> just do it as much as you can. But there's so much more than that. I mean, you think about it. Ask, ask this question. How many things do you think Jesus Christ taught in his earthly ministry? You might be like, well, that's a ridiculous question to ask. Like, who could even know that? Like, you'd have to spend days, months, years maybe looking at the Bible and actually counting every single thing that he taught. Yeah, but that's my point, is let's not limit ourselves as young people to just, oh, well, this is how much I know about Jesus Christ, so therefore I'm comfortable with that and that's all I'm going to show. That's all I'm going to reflect. No, no, no. A good mirror that reflects Jesus Christ well is one that continues to get bigger and bigger, longer and wider and shows more, reveals more, gives more understanding and guess what, guys? Helps people more. How? Well, if you get more understanding of who Jesus Christ is, then you get to reflect more of who Jesus Christ is in all different situations in life and then people have an, a better understanding of who he is and then can respond to him in a better way. So the more that you learn about Jesus Christ, the more that you're willing to be teachable, and here's a question for you, how teachable do you think you are? I mean, if we ask your teachers or your parents, 
or other adults in your life, I wonder what they would say when asked, how teachable is that young person? How teachable is that young man? How teachable is that young lady? I wonder what they would say about you. I wonder if you know what they would say. But that's the point, guys, is that we need to be young people that are teachable. And I'm not just talking about learning how to use you know, mobile devices in a better way every time the next one comes out. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about how teachable are you in understanding the Word of God and the one who wrote it? How teachable are you in following the things that Jesus Christ has laid out for you as a Christian? Or is it like, no, I'm happy with just knowing that Jesus Christ saves people and that's where I'm at. That's, that's like, that's, I hesitate to say, but baby Christianity. Like if that's where you are right now, fine. Like we all had to start somewhere and we all have to start somewhere. But God doesn't want you to just get saved and then just remain a baby Christian. Healthy things grow. We all know this. We probably don't think about it so often, but healthy things grow. Hey, if I was, if I was standing up here, or I should say sitting up on the pulpit as a little baby, you'd be like, uh, there's something, something not quite right with that. You know, he's, he's, he's actually an old man, but he looks like a baby and he's still, you know, not even feeding himself and stuff like that. You'd be like, that's just weird. That, that shouldn't be like that. Well, it's the same thing with our Christianity. It's the same thing with our understanding of Christ. We need to develop that. We need to be teachable and we need to be learning and looking and, and finding out about who Jesus is in this situation. And what does he think about that? And when this person says this and you know, when this person does me wrong, or how does Jesus respond and how does he want me to respond? Why? Because I want to reflect who he is. I want to be a good mirror of him. I don't want to be that tiny little mirror on the wall. Because a good mirror is a good size. A good mirror shows more, reflects more, and helps you to understand more, and helps other people to understand Jesus Christ a whole lot more. So a good mirror is the right size. Now here's the thing. James 1, I hope you're there. James 1 verse 25. And this is what the Bible says. It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that's talking about the Bible, when you look into the Bible and you continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. What is that saying? It's saying the one who looks into the Bible and doesn't just look at it, read it, and then forget it, but the one who looks at it, reads it, and does it is teachable. They are blessed in the things that they do. So that's talking about you actually, you prosper. Things go well for you. The Lord blesses and opens opportunities and doors for you. Hey, yeah, God's doing that as for young people as well as old people. But I want you to pay attention to something here. James 1.25, but whoso looketh, you know that word looketh there? So he's talking about, you know, when you read, when you read God's word, but that word looketh, it means this, to look into with the body bent. So this is what it's not talking about. It's not talking about this. Oh, yeah, that's what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. Oh, that's nice. It's not talking about that kind of look. It's talking about you notice something about Jesus Christ and you go and you bend down and you're looking into it and your whole body is bent as you're, as you're finding out about Jesus Christ. You know what that is? That's being teachable and that's searching and that's wanting to have your reflection of Jesus Christ 
increased because you're putting effort into it and you're like, you know what, I, I, I do like reflecting other things. I do like people knowing what I like in life, but I, I want people to know about Jesus Christ in my life as well. So the one who bends over and looks into and is teachable and wants to learn, they're blessed in their deed, but they are a good mirror of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want to be a good mirror of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you want that to be said of you, that that young person there, they reflect Christ so well, it's like looking into a Christ mirror. Imagine that. I mean, how many people talk about young people like that nowadays? It's not a lot because they have these preconceived ideas that young people are just a write-off, that, nobody, that, that young people don't care about important stuff. Hey, I know that's not true. There's plenty of you that actually do care about what Jesus Christ said and who he is and want to show that. But here's the thing, it doesn't come naturally. It's not natural for a young person or any person to be bent over and looking into the word of God so they can, they can reflect Christ better. That doesn't come naturally. The other way we talked about comes naturally. Hey, it's about this and this and me and the things I like and all that. That comes naturally because it's about self. So if you want to be a better mirror for Jesus Christ, then you need to start learning and growing, looking into the Bible, finding out who he is, being teachable. And I'll ask you this question. Who else are you learning from in your life? Do you have someone in your life that you're like, I want to learn Christ from them as well as from the Bible? Do you have an older person? Do you have a mature friend or someone you've known for years or someone in your church or someone in your family? I don't know. That's a Christian that can just get alongside you and teach you a little bit more about Jesus Christ. If you do, hang on to them. If you do, just annoy them with questions about how Jesus thinks about different things. Just be in their face about it. They'll love it. They really will. Hey, if I had young people saying, hey, what about this and this and this? Can you tell me about how Jesus thinks about this? I'd be like, that is gold. So be that kind of young person that's getting around people and asking about Jesus Christ and wanting to reflect more of who he is. That's being a good mirror for Jesus Christ. So that's, that's the second one. A good mirror is the right size. Here's the third one. A good mirror is clean. Ooh, it's nice to have a good mirror that's clean. But let's turn to Ephesians 4 and have a look at some verses here. Okay? A good mirror is clean. Because here's the thing. What good is it if you have the other two but you don't have a clean mirror? What good is it having a a good big mirror that's not like a little tiny one, what good is it having a big mirror that's sturdy, secured to the wall, but it's got gunk all over it, it's got dirt all over it, it's got toothpaste flicks all over it and smears and smudges all over it. Doesn't, doesn't matter anymore about whether it's secure and it's big. If it's got dirt all over it, it's, it's just as good as useless. I mean, you imagine walking into the bathroom, and I don't know how many of you actually clean your own mirror in your bathroom. Uh, we struggle with our kids to get them to do that a lot of the time. But here's the thing. You walk into the bathroom and you want to see your beautiful face and how great you look and how good your new haircut is, and you see a big smudge mark right in front of your face. You're not just going to stand there looking at it like, yeah, I look pretty good like this with a big smudge mark over my face. You're going to do all you can to get rid of that smudge mark. You're going to look, you're going to, you're going to go to the side or up or down or something. There's probably smudge marks there as well. But you're going to deal with it. And that's the issue, is when it comes to us wanting to see our reflection, 
We're going to make sure we can see it clearly. We're going to be the best cleaners in the world to make sure that we can see our shiny reflection in that mirror. Or if it's your phone, you know, you get it out and it's got some dust and different stuff from your pocket, so your front-facing camera is like a little bit, you know, gunky. You're going to like, yeah, I look good now. You're going to deal with those different dirt issues and gunk issues, aren't you? We all will. We all do. But here's the thing. A good mirror, one that reflects Christ, is a clean mirror. So what are those dirty, gunky, smudgy marks on a mirror? Well, often it's the things that we've put there. It's certainly not anything that Jesus Christ has put there. He is light. He is pure. He is holy. He is completely without sin, without darkness, anything like that. So any gunk and dirt on a mirror that reflects Jesus Christ, we have somehow allowed that to be there ourselves. And it could be through various different avenues. It can be through just a rebellious attitude. I don't want to do that. I don't want to follow the rules. I don't like the rules, so I am not going to follow the rules. I don't like how my parents, you know, treat us with this or make these rules about that. So I've got a bad attitude and you know what? I'm proud of it. A lot of young people are like that. Maybe you've been a, bit, a little bit like that. Or maybe it's you just not forgiving someone that needs forgiveness. Maybe you're holding a grudge against someone. They did something to you, against you or against a friend of yours and you're holding a grudge and bitterness is growing, and that's putting these smudgy, dirty marks on this mirror that is supposed to be clear and reflecting Christ's character. So if there is any of those things on the mirror, it's because we're putting them there ourselves. And, you know, you may not purposely be saying, you know, I want to I defame this mirror. I want to defame this, this Jesus Christ reflection. I'm not saying that you're out to do that. But sometimes just by default in not looking after things, that's how things get. Often when things are dirty and, and you know, are falling apart or, or, or whatever it is, it's sometimes it's just because we've just been a little bit lazy and we've not treated things with respect. You know, I've got a whole bunch of shoes in my room. Uh, I've got some shoes that I really like and I use all the time, some running shoes. But then I've got some old church shoes and like a couple of pairs of thongs and stuff like that. And they're sitting in the corner and they never get used. I don't know why I still have them. I should chuck them out. But they're, they're there. But, you know, they get dust and, and dirt and, you know, maybe some spiders live in them. So there's a few cobwebs on them and stuff like that. It's not the shoe's fault. It's my fault. I've mistreated it. I've missed, you know, I haven't done the right thing with those shoes. Either keep them, throw them, give them to someone else, whatever it is. But it's never, it's never the object's fault. It's the one who's supposed to be looking after it. So who's looking after your reflection of Jesus Christ? Whose responsibility is to look after that reflection of the light of Jesus Christ in your life? It's certainly not your parents' job. It's not your teacher's job. It's not your youth pastor's job. It's not your pastor's job. It's not your friend's job. It's your job. It's your job to take care of it. You know, whether it's this big, this big, your, your mirror, whether it's a little bit sketchy on the wall or it's solid, whatever it is, it's your job to keep that clean. It's your job to say, you know what, this attitude I'm having right now, it's not Christ-like. So I need to deal with that. I need to make sure that I'm not showing that because you know what, when people look at me and they see that, they're getting a distorted, misrepresented view of Jesus Christ. Hey, do you hate being misrepresented? 
Do you hate it when someone misquotes you? Oh, you know, he said this, this and this. No, I didn't. I said this, this and this. And, you know, it's like one word different. But one word can change a whole lot. But do you get annoyed when that happens? I do. But that's what we do to Jesus Christ when we leave these things, these, these you know, bad attitudes and, and unforgiveness or whatever it is, the things that are not Christ-like, when we leave them in front of us, in our lives, in our hearts, that's what we're doing. We're misrepresenting who Jesus Christ is. And that's not, that's not a good way to be. It's not a good way to be as a young person because then you become an older person who's just like that, except it gets worse and worse because it's never dealt with. So we need to deal with those things in our life. We need to make sure that we're clean. And we should have a desire to remove these things that are misrepresenting, excuse me, misrepresenting Jesus Christ. So you're in Ephesians 4. We'll have a look at some verses here. And then we just got one more point to go. Ephesians 4, 29 to 32. It says this, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You know what that is? That's the saying bad stuff. That's having a bad attitude. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And look at this. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. It's saying, get rid of all that stuff that is not Christ-like. You've got a bad attitude, you speak incorrectly, uh, you, know, you don't have respect for people, um, you're lying, you've got secret sin, uh, whatever it is, you just don't care about doing what's right. I don't know, it could be a whole bunch of different things. But God's saying, get rid of all of that stuff. It's not Christ-like. It doesn't keep you clean. And then it keeps on going and it says, and be ye kind one to another. Ah, so it's flipping it now. It's saying, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have cleanliness. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Okay, there's there's, there's a lot in those verses there. But here's what I want you you to grab out of that. He's saying that if you've got gunk and dirt and stuff on your reflection of Jesus Christ in your life, then you need to sort it out. How do you do that? Most of the time, the best way is to realise, remember what Jesus Christ has already done for you and go, ah, actually, I didn't deserve to be forgiven. Actually, you know what? Jesus loved me even when I had a bad attitude. Then I need to do the same thing for other people. I need to forgive others as Jesus Christ has forgiven me. That's what helps get that reflection nice and clean. That's what helps you to start being more Christ-like in your life. So then people start seeing, oh, forgiveness is coming out of that young person. That's not a natural occurrence. Nobody naturally forgives anyone. We naturally hold grudges. So when when a young person starts forgiving other people, they're starting to display Christ-likeness. And the best way is to just consider, take a moment, whether it's get on your knees, just lock yourself into your room and just say, you know what, I'm just going to spend some time reflecting on how Jesus Christ has handled me, how Jesus Christ has forgiven me, how much he's pretty much you know, put up with me. And that will give you a whole lot of appreciation for who he is. And then it'll turn you to, hang on a minute, he's done that for my sake, but also that I would then do that to others to reflect him. So then people see more of who, Je- 
excuse me, of who Jesus Christ is. Oh, he's a forgiving God. Oh, if he's a forgiving God, then he can forgive me too because I'm a young person who's, who feels like they're off the rails and they've got no hope. Maybe you've got a friend like that. And what do they need to see? They need to see Christ in you, forgiving, treating people correctly, respecting authorities, whatever it is, and that gives them hope. That gives them an opportunity to know who Jesus Christ is. So you as a mirror, you need to be a clean mirror. Confess your sins. Get things right with people. If you've, if you've said the wrong thing to someone, then say sorry and move on. That's how Jesus Christ wants us to deal with these things. We're showing Christ-likeness. And here's the last one. A good mirror is not only set in the right angle, it's not only the right size, it's not only just clean, but here's the thing, guys. A good mirror is ready. What does that mean? A good mirror is ready. Well, think about this. A good mirror shows the right reflection at the right time. So imagine this for a moment. You walk into your bathroom again. We've walked into your bathroom many times tonight, but we're walking into your bathroom again and you walk in front of your mirror, the nice big mirror that's steady on the wall, big size, and it's nice and clean, and you walk in front of it and your reflection's not there. And hang on a minute, 30 seconds later, boom, your reflection pops up. Now that would be weird, kind of scary, kind of freaky, but imagine that. You can't rely on the fact that your reflection shows up when it's supposed to. Or worse still, you rock up in front of your mirror and your reflection never shows up. I'm almost back at my friend's house where they had no mirror. It's useless. So imagine how hard it would be to try and fix just your hair. Just fixing your hair with every time you make a move, you've got to wait 30 seconds for it to show up on your reflection. Or a minute, or five minutes. Or you make a move and it never shows up. A good mirror is one that is ready is one that reflects at the right time for the right reasons to the right people and reflects the right thing. So how ready are you to reflect Jesus Christ in every single opportunity, every single moment, every single conversation, every single, every single place you find yourself in? How ready are you to respond to him, to respond to the Holy Spirit, to reflect who he is? How ready are you? In those moments it's not always easy but it is a very very important thing listening having a sensitivity to God speaking to you to the Holy Spirit telling you about things instructing you to do things reminding you to do things it's like Jesus stands in front of that mirror and he's expecting you to respond straight away because here's the thing guys you might be amongst a group of friends and those friends are you know, picking on someone or, or making a joke about someone who's not there and laughing and laughing and you're standing there and you have this still small voice inside of you saying, yeah, I'm not, you shouldn't really join in on that. And not just you shouldn't join in on that, you know, you should actually say something about that. I wonder if you've ever, if you've ever had that. Have you ever had that conviction, that, that, that voice inside of you saying, you should do something about that, you should make that right, you should act Christ-like in this situation? That's the Holy Spirit. And you know what he's doing? He's standing in front of the mirror and saying, I want you to reflect me now. 
because Jesus Christ isn't going to walk through your schoolyard. That would be great if he did, but he's most likely not going to do it. And he's saying, you are the reflection of Jesus Christ right now. While that kid's getting picked on, you are the reflection and I want you to respond and I want you to react right now and I want you to be the light in this situation. So how ready are you to step in and be that reflection? Or are you more likely to go, you know what, I'm going to think about it, I'm going to listen to it, I'm going to agree with it, but I might just chew on it for a while. And maybe not just chew on it for a while. I might just think on it so long that I actually never end up doing anything about it. That's like the reflection never coming up in front of you. So God's expectation is, is that we would be ready to reflect who he is at a moment's notice. You know what that means? That means we have to have a close walk with him. We need to be ready to listen to him, but also to be able to identify his voice. How do you identify the Holy Spirit's voice? By knowing what the Holy Spirit says, because the Holy Spirit is also God. So if you know what God says, if you know what Jesus says, you know what the Holy Spirit says, then you know how to handle a situation to be Christ-like. So go back to, you know, not just being a small mirror anymore, but learning, growing, expanding our understanding. When you do that, you understand more of Jesus Christ. You understand more of the Holy Spirit and how he speaks and and what he says. Then you can be ready. You can be ready at a moment's notice to reflect who he is. So a good mirror is ready. How are your friends, how are the people in your your life going to see Christ-likeness? They're going to see it through people like you who take this seriously, who care about Jesus Christ and want to reflect him well and want to do the things that he says. This is, this is my last verse. Oh, sorry, second last verse. Just to go with that, to being, being ready. 2 Timothy 4.2 says this. It says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. So just be ready. Just be like you're on top of it. You're so, you're so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that you just know what the right reaction is supposed to be. But that doesn't come naturally either. You've got to learn that. Okay? So be instant in season. But here's the last verse I want, to, I want to leave you with. Colossians 2 verse 6. It says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. I want to leave you with that tonight. That as you have received the light of Jesus Christ, his expectation and his, his desire for you as a young person is that you would not just receive it, but that you would walk in it. And by walking in it, that means being aware of how good a mirror you're being reflecting Jesus Christ. How much you know what he thinks and how he acts, how he responds, how he cares so that you can walk in those paths and then you actually end up reflecting who, he, who his character is a whole lot better and that you end up representing him, not misrepresenting him. That's my prayer for you as a young person, that you would take hold of some of these thoughts and, and assess yourself and say, you know what, am I being a good mirror of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are there some things that I need to improve on? Probably. I think we all have it. But don't just say, oh, I think there's some things. Well, what are they? 
do something about it. If it's find someone around you that you can, you know, bounce ideas off or, or be discipled or whatever it is, ask your pastor, your youth pastor, or just someone around you, just, just get alongside them and, and have an open, honest conversation. But Jesus wants to use you, young people. He wants to be glorified through you, in you. So take some of these thoughts, I encourage you, and use that to grow your walk with him, to reflect him in all that you do and all that you think, all that you say, all that's in your heart. I pray this is a help, pray it's a blessing. I might just close with a word of prayer and uh, then we'll finish off our service for tonight. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this evening. We thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you for each one that has tuned in tonight. I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to impress upon our hearts the need that we have for you. Help us, Lord, to also consider you, to consider what you've done for us, to be thankful for those things, Lord God, uh, to not take our salvation for granted, to not take your character for granted. And I really, Lord, I pray you'd help each of us not to be complacent with where we're at in our Christianity, but Lord, to seek to grow and to learn and to know you more, to be bent over looking into your word, Lord, to, to be teachable. And I pray that you'd help us to be swift to deal with the different problems in our life, the issues in our life, the, the dirt and the mud and the, and the sin and the things that just get in the way and the things that represent you. I pray, Lord, that you would challenge us and convict us of those things. And Lord, we thank you that you will forgive us. We thank you that you will strengthen. We thank you, Lord, that you are able to be shown strong on our behalf. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us this opportunity to be a reflection of you. And I just do pray for each young person that they'll grab hold of these things, Lord, that you would strengthen them for the week to come, for the things that they face that you know very well, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, that you're a God that is willing to help. You are able to help. You are able to do all things well. And Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for helping us. And Father, thank you for this time that we've been able to spend in your word tonight. And we do pray that you continue to bless and guide. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.